Beaver Nation, it's time to get inside the huddle with the Damn Podcast. The Damn Podcast is your weekly ticket to Oregon State football and recruiting news. Here's your host of the Damn Podcast, BeaverBlitz.com publisher, Angie Machado. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We are back with another episode of the Damn Podcast. I am your host, Angie Machado. And the Beavers start Pac-12 play this week. It's a big week. The bye week just happened. The coaches were on the recruiting trail. And we have a great show planned for you today. Carter Baines, Beaver Blitz's beat writer, will be joining us to talk about the Stanford Cardinal. We will also be joined on the damn hotline by Lucas Aguilar, who will give us an update on the Beavers' recruiting efforts, both during the bye week and with the official visitors coming in this weekend. But first, let's start with Carter, because Carter Baines is starting school today, the day we are actually taping the damn podcast. And uh, it's been a little bit of a stressful couple days for Carter as he gets ready to uh, for the back-to-school grind. Carter, how are you today? You know, the whole getting ready for school thing is kind of a, a hassle, but uh, we'll get into the, the routine here pretty quickly. And um, having football as a distraction is always uh, kind of nice, too. Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, you've been you're down there now, so you're down taking in the press conferences and all of that good stuff. And let's just jump into it. So we had a bye week. I know you got to go visit some friends and I got to watch a lot of football, although you'll never guess what I did. I was watching. Well, we watched the San Jose State Arkansas game or the end of it, the second half. And it was so fun because there's so many familiar faces there with Coach Brennan and his staff. And I think I count it seven or eight either former Beaver coaches or former Beaver players on that staff. So fun to see them get that win at Arkansas. And then I turned it over to that UCLA Washington state game and Washington state looked like it was all taken care of. And I was half asleep. So I went to bed at nine 30. Oh no. (laughs) Yeah. I missed the whole thing. Get up the next morning, check my phone and was like, no way. Did you catch any of it, Carter? Yeah. So we had it on uh, briefly and then, you know, Washington state was pulling away. So we're like, all right, let's, turn on another game or go do something else. And then uh, luckily we, you know, we, we turned it back on and I mean, that was just crazy. That was really, it was really fun to watch. And uh, you know, I've been saying that's Pac-12 after dark if I've ever seen it. Yeah, no, completely that. Yeah. I was so disappointed myself because there was some good football on and I was all excited. Um, But the bye week now is over and we finally get Beaver football yet again. Beavers are hosting Stanford this week, start of the Pac-12 season and i'm pretty excited i don't know about you yep so kind of the popular narrative all season has been that you know this is a trap game for stanford you know the the matchup lines up pretty nicely for oregon state and so uh, i think expectations are running high leading into this game week especially coming off of the bye and um you know i'm excited to see um how oregon state kind of bounces back from from the bye week um because we saw with Michigan last week against Wisconsin that that bye week can go one of two ways. It either helps you prepare or it kind of lulls you to sleep. Um, but I, I'm confident the Beavers are, you know, fully prepared for for this matchup. And uh, you know, I, I think those expectations are are deserving because I think Oregon State, you know, has a favorable matchup here uh, schedule wise. Yeah. So you know, at the beginning of the season, I remember you and I talking. And we said, both of us said that this team was going to be improved and that might not translate into wins and losses, but we would see a 
see more competitive games, we'd see a, a better product. And and I think Beaver fans maybe lost a little of that with that first game against a really, really strong offensive team in Oklahoma State. And then they really kind of went off the rails with Hawaii. Again, it was it was a competitive game, but one that the Beavers could have had. Right. So, you know, then you go and you have the, you know, what was supposed to be an easy win, which it was with Cal Poly. I think Beaver fans are maybe sitting kind of in that kind of what if, you know, and, and kind of that second guess of what we're going to see against Stanford. So let's jump into it. I know you were at the press conference yesterday. Um, let's talk injuries a little bit and see where Oregon State is. Have they healed much coming off that bye week? Yeah, so the big one, um, the big update mostly was that Jamar Jefferson and Tyjon Lindsay uh, will be good to go this week, which is, uh, that's huge for the offense to get, you know, two of its best playmakers back. And then, um uh, Jordan Whitley on the defensive side, he practiced a little bit uh, during the bye week, so uh, he's in that that probable category as well. And then Nathan Eldridge uh, at center, you know, he didn't practice leading up to the press conference, but Jonathan Smith wasn't ready to rule him out for uh, Saturday. So getting all of those guys back would be huge. Yeah, that would be really big. But Matthew Tago's still out, Manning. Trevon Bradford, those guys are all still out, correct? Uh, yes. Okay. Um, depth chart-wise, I, I don't think we saw much change. I, I did that update yesterday for Beaver Blitz. I don't think we saw a huge change in the depth chart, which, um, you know, they they kind of leave that pretty vanilla, I think, pretty much throughout the season. Let's talk Stanford, because this Stanford team, one and three coming into this matchup, this is not the Stanford that we've maybe been used to seeing over the past, you know, five, ten years. Where are you looking for the Beavers to really, you know, match up well and maybe take advantage? Uh, yeah, I mean, like you said, this, this Stanford team doesn't really have that same um, dominance, I guess, that, that we've seen in recent years. Um, you know, I'll, I'll give them credit. They've played a really tough schedule to open the season, but um, I, I can't say they've looked inspiring really on either side of the ball um, to start the season. So I think defensively, um, you know, Oregon State, I'm not going to say this is a, you know, a favorable matchup for the defense because, you know, we, we still have to see that improvement for Oregon State's defense, uh, you know, continue week in and week out for me to say that uh, any matchup for them is a favorable matchup. But, you know, you're looking at a Stanford offense without you know, a true workhorse running back like they've had with Christian McCaffrey, Bryce Love. Um, and, and that's no discount to Cameron Scarlett, who's their lead back right now but um you know like i said there, there's just no no sense of dominance this year um on the farm so jumping into kind of the back to the beaver side of things what do you want to see from oregon state this week offensively carter uh i think we need to see um more of what we saw against cal poly in the passing game of jake luton getting other receivers uh you know in, in a position to make plays um Seeing Champ Fleming's take a step forward, I mean, yes, obviously Cal Poly's defense is nowhere near the, the level that we're going to see moving forward in the Pac-12. But getting Champ Fleming's going um, against any opponent is big for this offense because it helps Jake Luton's confidence. Um, you know, we saw against Hawaii, he seemed hesitant to throw to anyone other than Isaiah Hodgins. And so, you know, for him to have that proven connection in one game uh, with Fleming's, I think will probably go a long way for him. So I need to see more of that. Um, and then but in the do you running... think, I'm going to, I'm going to interrupt you for a second. Okay. Do you think champ Fleming's 
can have to can execute at that high of a level against Stanford. Honestly, we'll we'll wait and see. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, he he hasn't really shown that playmaking ability against the uh, the tougher opponents Oregon State's played this year. Even it, you know, it was all in one game against Cal Poly where he where he had that breakout. But you know, I, I think he's a confident kid and he's shown that he can make plays, um, you know, regardless of who the opponent is, um, you know, to, to have one game of confidence really, really goes a long way, especially for a receiver when you have to go up and, you know, you're going to be outmatched and to, you know, to go up against somebody who might have more height and more speed than you. Um, yeah, I, I think that'll help. him. Okay. Okay. And what about the running game then? Yeah. And, and then in the running game, uh, yeah, I'm just confused a little bit still about how the rotation is going to work because we've seen, uh, obviously with Jamar Jefferson out, that Artavis Pierce is capable of being a lead back in this conference. And so when you have Jefferson back, a, a freshman All-American, you know, where, where does Pierce see action? Because the coaches have said, yeah, we want to put one guy out there and, and have him find a rhythm in the game. But then, you know, if you, if you put Jefferson out there for 30 carries like he got against Hawaii, you're not giving Artavis Pierce enough opportunities to you know, get into the second level of the defense and, and get those big plays. So I, I guess I just want to see more of a consistent rotation there um, once that group is back to fully loaded. Yeah, yeah. See, my, my biggest takeaway with the offense is the offensive line is way better than I expected them to be. Uh, this team should be scoring. It has the potential to score a lot more points. So I, I want to see Jake Luton not get the deer in headlights. You know, how long do you stick with if, if, cause you know, the game plan going forward is going to be take Isaiah Hodgins out and stack the box and stop the run. So if Isaiah Hodgins or if Jake Luton is not able to, you know, open up the, the passing game, do you stick with him or do you, do you make a change? Yeah, that's, that's the question of the season, I think, is, you know, when do you it's start building, that, yeah. is when do you start building for the future with, with Tristan Jebbia? Um, and honestly, I, I don't know if the coaching staff is going to be comfortable pulling him right away just because, you know, they've gone out and said that he's still our guy, even through these kind of shaky performances. And, and you know, there's been no indication that um, there's a competition there. So... Like, I mean, a lot of things I, I've said are kind of wait and see at this point, cause, just because it's so early still in the season. Yeah, yeah. How about defensively? I know um, you've been really high on the linebackers. Mm-hmm. I have been pleasantly surprised with the pass rush. This is going to be a whole new new test because I, I still am, I'll just say it, I'm scared of our sec- of the Oregon State secondary. I just think there's there's been, they've been burned too many times, with, you know, with, with Hawaii especially, how much can that front seven help carry this team, you know, the first couple of weeks here of the Pac-12 season? Well, I'll, I'll start with this week in particular. I, I yeah, think let's, just, let's talk Stanford. Yep. I think Stanford's uh, offensive line has honestly really gotten bullied a lot more than we've seen really ever under David Shaw. Um, and you see that in their, you look at their yards per carry and they're under four yards per carry. And then, um, you know, KJ Costello is getting pressured. And so it, this isn't something that we've seen from Stanford really is uh, 
I don't want to say holes on the offensive line, but maybe just not as as sure of a group as we've seen before. So I think Oregon State's front seven has an opportunity here to make some plays against uh, a Pac-12 opponent right out of the gate. And, and like I was saying with the confidence factor for Champ Flemings, I mean, look at this group that's trying to improve. If they get some success against Stanford of all teams, you know, how far is that going to go for them? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, and you know, we, we haven't seen Cal Poly was really no test at all for the secondary. So, you know, they've had this is three weeks now after Hawaii to really, um, you know, have shored up some things and, and grown. So, um, you know, I what will do say you... with, with the secondary, I, I think there's one matchup in particular we have to watch, and it's going to tell us a lot about the secondary, and that's stopping Colby Parkinson. Yeah, he went yeah. for 166 yards, I believe, and four touchdowns against Oregon State last year. And, that, I mean, he was just clearly, you know, unguardable for Oregon State's secondary last year. And so, you know, how does uh, this inexperienced kind of thin group handle a, a player of his size and athleticism. And, and I think that's where Nashon Wright's going to have to come into play as well, because Oregon State hasn't had those taller, bigger bodied corners for, for quite some time. So mm-hmm. to have him in the mix, I think could, you know, he'll, he'll grow up quickly going up against Stanford. So are you ready to do some quick hits? Yep. I'm ready. It's been a couple weeks, Carter, but I'm looking back. We've had three weeks. You are, 15 of 30 right now. You're batting 50%. So as a batting average, it's not bad. <laughs> if this yeah. was your um, final exam, not so great. So, um, but we still, I mean, there's still a lot of season left. And we will post these same questions on Beaver Blitz in the lodge. So all of you Blitz members can take part as well. But Carter, are you ready? You know the questions. So it's not like there are any, I'm not shocking you here. The same questions each week. Mm-hmm. Will Jake Luton throw for 300 plus yards? Man, that's tough. I, I'm just I'm gonna say no, just because we haven't really you know, seen him do see, seen him have a complete game against a tougher opponent. How about leading rusher? I think it has to be Jefferson, um, assuming he's fully good to go. Leading receiver. I'm I'm still going to go with Isaiah Hodgins, even though okay. he gets a tough matchup against, um, you know, I, I would assume Paulson Adebo, uh, the leader of the Stanford secondary, is going to be locking him down pretty tight. I, I think um, we, ju- we just haven't seen enough consistency from the other receivers. Leading scorer. That's a tough Ooh. one, too. I'll, I'll go with Jefferson. I, I was actually going to suggest you go with him, but just because I think, you know, Stanford secondary is one of their strengths, so... Yeah, um, you, take, you could go. You could go the Artavis Pierce route too, but yeah, I think Jefferson's just going to get too many more carries. Okay, let's go takeaways over or, or under two. I'll go under. Under okay, sacks over or under two. I'll take the over this time. Uh, okay, honestly, the the linebackers have gotten so much pressure on the quarterback in the in the first three weeks that I'm I've been really impressed, and I think they can keep it going. A little bit of John McCartan and, you know, mm-hmm. Hamilka. Okay, leading tackler for the Beavers. I'll go with a linebacker again, and I think I'll go with I'll go with Hamilka Rashid this week. Okay. Um, we saw John McCartan, you know, have an incredible game against Cal Poly, but, um, you know, Rashid's shown a playmaking ability that I'm not sure um, anyone else in the group really has right now. 
And I think what he has a, has had a tackle for loss in every game so far this year. Yep. Leads uh, the conference and tackles for loss. Le- okay, there you go. Or he did, he, did, he did after three games. At after least. three games. Okay. Um, Jordan Shukare over 50% on all of his kicks, both PAT and field goals. Yes. Okay. Beave score over 35. Who that's tough tougher. against Stanford. I'll, I'll take the under. Okay. And the defense hold Stanford under 200 yards rushing. Yeah, I'd say so. Okay, there you have it. Well, Carter, thanks so much for um, joining us on the damn podcast this week. And uh, gosh, we'll be down in Corvallis, you and I in the press box and uh, bringing coverage to Beaver Nation on Saturday night, kickoff four o'clock. Stay tuned as next on the damn podcast, we have our damn hotline, which we will be joined with recruiting analyst Lucas Aguilar to talk a little bit about bi-week recruiting and also dive in and start talking a little bit about the visitors coming into Corvallis this weekend. Welcome back to the damn podcast. I'm your host, Angie Machado, and we are now jumping on the damn hotline, one of my favorite features that we bring on guests. And this week, we're really lucky to bring on recruiting analyst Lucas Aguilar, who, you know, it's such a big, busy, important recruiting weekend for Oregon State. Lucas, first of all, how are you doing? I'm good. Uh, things are busy down here. Things are still hot in Arizona, but I am doing really good. And after a long little break from football, uh, from Beaver football, I'm ready to get back to seeing how the Beavers are going to perform this weekend against Stanford. Yeah, yeah. The bye week kind of gave everybody a chance to kind of catch their breath. And um, it was fun to watch a lot of football games. We watched some. I actually, I already I mentioned this earlier with Carter, but I missed the end of that Washington State UCLA game because I thought it was, that was under control. And I hear it was like the best game ever and I fell asleep. So anyway, recruiting, you know, we've talked about this the last time you joined us on the hotline yep. in that Oregon State really has three big recruiting weekends that they have during the football season with this weekend with Stanford, the Utah game in two weeks, and then Arizona State in November, because that Washington game is a Friday night game, which makes it tough with Friday night lights and high school games to get guys up. So we're really kicking things off, Pac-12, start a Pac-12 season, and a big recruiting weekend. But let's rewind. Last week, we had Vince Ginta on talking about how important the bye week was for recruiting. Uh, the coaches were active. Let's talk a little bit about where those coaches were last week, Lucas. Yeah, um, well, let's start since we uh, we have three coaches in the Beaver State making the rounds. Um, Coach Cookus, Coach Petrie, and Coach Smith all stayed in state and went to check on some in-state targets. I know Coach Smith went to the uh, McNary and Tualatin game to check in on 2020 linebacker commits John Miller from Tualatin and 2020 linebacker commit uh, Junior Walling from McNary High School. And so that was a really good uh, event. It looked like from the uh, uh, perspective of watching the highlights from the game and watching Coach Smith be on the sidelines and interacting with fans and coaches and whatnot. And it was rough to see my Celtics go down though. I I went to McNary. Super cool to see Coach Smith on the sideline of McNary, but dang, Junior Walling's team got smoked by Tualatin. Yeah, and, and Junior Walling had a, a nice little comment about, you know, how him and John Miller are going to be teammates next year after the game. And regardless of the outcome, he's still looking forward to the future of uh, competing with John Miller on his side in that linebacker group next year yeah, for the Beavers. Yeah. So, 
it's kind of cool to see. Um, the next one I just wanted to mention was, like I said, Coach Petrie was up in Portland. He went to check in on 2020 three-star all-purpose back Demir Collins uh, from Jefferson High School. Uh, Demir had a monster game. Uh, he's really had an explosive start to his junior season, and I think he could be a legit uh, target for the Beavers moving forward, uh, filling that hole in the 2021 class. Maybe not a bigger style of running back. Um, he's about 5'10", 180 on a good day. And so, but he's got real, real speed behind him. Uh, went for 31 carries, 423 total yards, and five touchdowns against Century last Friday. Uh, so really had a great performance in front of Coach Beachy. He picked up a recent Colorado offer, but I still seen the attraction of uh, playing for Coach Petri being a, a big attraction for Mr. Demir Collins. And then finally, I just wanted to touch on Coach Jay Cookis, the, the special teams coordinator and the, the main, I'd say, uh, recruiting guy for the state of Oregon. He was at the Westview versus Jesuit game last Friday. Uh, Jesuit just took it to him and just blew out Westview. But he was checking in on a couple of 2022 prospects uh, wide receiver Darius Clemens, who already picked up an Oregon State offer back in June. And then 2022 running back, kind of a tweener with possibly being listed as an athlete, Aaron Jones. Uh, both from Westview, like I said, both guys who should pick up a number of Pac-12 offers when all is said and done. Um, but Mr. Andy Alfieri, he was also at the game, but he is currently recovering from injury. So kind of some conspiracy theory as to if Jake was trying to poke around and see if there's any room to possibly see if Andy's still interested after committing to Cal way back in May. But uh, the main attraction was checking out those two 2022 prospects from Westview, like I said. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Alfieri, they don't really need to be poking around because uh, Andy's brother and two, both, two of his brothers are actually ones on staff at Oregon State and one plays for the Beavers. So plenty yeah. of connections there but you know a yep. couple other coaches that um, I think probably need to be highlighted I know coach Lindgren went down to uh, watch Ben Goldbranson the Oregon State quarterback commit who had a monster game as well um, in front of coach Lindgren um, coach Henson also made it to Illinois to check in on one of the wide receiver targets they have in Jaden Thompson out of Naperville Central um, Jaden is an Illinois commit, but I know um, is he's looking at coming out for an Oregon State visit. So keep an eye on him in the next few weeks. We may see, you know, a 6'2", 160-pound Jaden Thompson coming out for a visit. And um, Coach Tibisar, probably the one I was most curious to see, he went out to Kansas and Minnesota. The big one being Kansas, he went out to see um, Latrell Bankston, big defensive tackle at Independence Community College. I'm sorry, not Independence. That was last chance you. Hutchinson Community <laughs> College, one of their big rivals. Um, and I'm just catching up on last chance you. So um, Latrell Bankson, big uh, target for Oregon State before he went out to check out his Iowa State visit. And then Oregon State also offered his battery mate on the defensive line, Kirmari Gaines, um, picked up a Beaver offer while coach or, or right after coach Tibisar left. And then Oregon State had also offered cornerback prospect Ronald Williams out at Hutchinson. So um, coach Tibisar out in the Midwest doing some work, trying to uh, seal up a couple of uh, big Juco targets that, you know, Oregon State really is looking to seal up 
a few a few more of those JUCOs to help seal up the defense. But all in all, I mean, what do you what do you think? Do you think the Beavers made the most of their bye week? I'd say so. Um, we also saw, I mean, like I said, uh, Coach Mahalachek, he was up in Seattle, but didn't really get to hear too much as to who he's checking out. But I thought Coach Tibisar uh, was obviously the most important guy. Um, Coach Heidenson trying to see if he can get Jane Thompson on campus for an official visit, even if he is committed to Illinois right now. Um, but I think offering those two other guys from Hutchinson Community College, Ronald Williams and Kimari Gaines, I think those are probably going to be key names to keep an eye on since they are close with Latrell Bankston. Uh, trying to see if the Beavers can wrap up all three to finish off this uh, 2020 class uh, with three guys who would probably be plug-and-play guys right away. I know there's yeah. some other names that out there that are probably still being looked at. Uh, fans are probably still wondering, you know, what's going to happen to Rajon Wright, um, what's going to happen with a few other guys uh, that are probably in the high school level right now. But overall, I think the the importance of finding the plug and play guys who are going to come in and contribute right away, like Alex Lemon and like uh, Tavis Shippen are going to come in and play right away. I think that is the main priority right now, which we saw in your war room when you listed who the top 10 targets are for the Beavers remaining in this 2020 class. Yeah. I was going to just mention that if you, if you haven't seen that and you're a member of Beaver Blitz, make sure you check out the war room. I posted it last week, last Friday, but it's a really, really good list of who the top 10 targets are right now. And that's not everybody, but it's, it's taking a look at who the Beavers have a good shot with plus who's, you know, the top of Oregon state on their recruiting list. Let's jump into this week though, Lucas, you know, big recruiting weekend. We've confirmed some official visits, um, a lot of unofficial visits, but you know, who I'm just going down the list right now. Um, Gosh, there's Silas Bolden on official visit. Victor Bolden's younger brother, uh, 2023 star athlete, um, coming in on an official. So that means he'll be here for the weekend on Oregon State's dime. And then we also have commit Trevor Pope, a three-star wide receiver, coming in um, on his official visit as well. Um, The rest of them are unofficials coming for the day or on their own dime. Who stands out to you? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you just take the gusto because there is a big 2021 target coming in that I think Beaver fans will be excited about. So right off the bat, do we think that Mr. Silas Bolden is possibly on commit watch? That's the one I'm most intrigued by just because um, hasn't really picked up a whole lot of other attention that he seems to be interested in as far as other uh, FBS offers. Um, I think this could be a perfect opportunity where – um, there seems to be a lot of former alumni coming back for this game against Stanford. Uh, I think Silas Bolden could possibly be on commit watch. I'm going to be in touch with him over the weekend, just touching base and kind of seeing what he's feeling uh, while he's on campus at Oregon State on his official visit. Um, obviously, Trevor Pope is going to be a, a key name to be watching as well as he's probably going to be trying to do some peer recruiting for the Beavers as well. Um, but then going forward, I think that it's a very important weekend to keep an eye on the unofficial visitors as well, especially a couple of names with the, uh, within the in-state prospects. Uh, Keith Brown obviously is the big name, the main attraction from Lebanon, Oregon, Lebanon High School, uh, 2021 four-star inside linebacker. He's a number four overall inside linebacker in the country and already has 
at least half of the Pac-12 uh, offered already, as well as a Tennessee offer. Seems to be an early Oregon lean, uh, but he hasn't visited Oregon State since the uh, probably around January, February when he was last on campus. I would say this is probably a very good opportunity for the Beaver coaches and for the team itself to show how good they can be both on and off the field and how important Keith Brown is to their, uh, to their blueprint for the future. Yeah. And then also you already mentioned him as being where coach Petrie had visited this past weekend, but um, the number two all purpose back in the country for the 2021 class, Demir Collins will be on campus as well. Um, A good chance to get those two top 2021 kids on campus. Definitely for sure. Um, And then like, We've got a couple other, if you have visited the lodge recently, I've been updating all day uh, as to who will be on campus, uh, both official and unofficial visitors, uh, multiple in-state prospects, like we're going through Keith Brown and Demir Collins, but also um, one guy that I'm definitely keeping an eye on is uh, Hood River Valley High School 2021 offensive lineman Henry Buckles. Now, he doesn't have an offer right now, um, and since he's a 2021 prospect, he'll be on an unofficial visit, obviously. But I am keeping an eye on him. He's got some good frame on him. He's about 6'2", 290 right now. Um, plays at a lower level division in uh, Oregon for Hood River Valley High School. But I could see him being a guy who starts to gain some attention um, from Oregon State, among other schools as well. Um, but we'll be updating this list all throughout the week, obviously. Uh, tune in to this podcast obviously to make sure that you are up to date with who is visiting this weekend as well as checking out the lodge at beaverblitz.com with me and angie to find out who will be on campus for this big game against stanford where possibly we could see the beavers making this interesting possibly pull off an upset it should be a fun fun weekend it it should and the weather looks like it's going to hold out and like you said uh probably commit watch i would i would agree with you on the commit watch with silas Bolden. Um, I haven't heard if his brother's going to be on campus, but yeah, 100 plus former, former, uh, sorry, former football players and coach Erickson will be on in attendance. So um, this is the big alumni game and uh, could be a fun opportunity for him to, um, you know, be there and commit to the same school his brother played for. Lucas, thank you so much for joining the the damn hotline. I hope we can get you on again, maybe next week to kind of recap what we saw um, from the visitors. For sure. I'd love the opportunity to, and we can recap all the, uh, all the fun and exciting things are going to happen this weekend. That wraps up another episode of the damn podcast. Stick with beaverblitz.com for all the latest, including the very latest on the big breaking news of Wednesday that former four-star wide receiver Devin Williams will in fact transfer to Oregon state. We have all the latest that and more, and we'll be back next week for another episode of the damn podcast.